Hey there, Brian Castle here. I'm the founder of Clarity Flow. And today on the conversation here on Clarity Cast, I am talking to Susan Liao. Um, this was a wide ranging conversation and we got a little bit into some some technical talk. So, uh, you know, fair warning there, but don't worry, uh, nothing too, nothing too complicated. We're, we're just talking about the, the tech startup scene, um, you know, going back decades to what it's like today. Um, Susan runs startupsforall.org, which is an accelerator for for startups um, and really focusing on underserved, underrepresented communities, which is fantastic. Um, and we talked all about um, kind of the, the 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 challenges that folks in these communities have in the tech space, and then how Susan is uh, meeting and 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 bringing these communities together in the form of training and coaching and group uh, cohorts and communities and um, what's known as accelerating startups, helping them get off the ground. So, uh, you know, a really wide ranging conversation. We also got into uh, Susan's other work, which is related uh, user experience, you know, working with software product teams on shipping and developing and, and um, you know, growing software products. Um, and her coaching and consulting in that capacity. So uh, yeah, we talked all about that. Of course, we we had a good conversation about um, you know communicating asynchronously with uh, these groups and clients um, and a whole lot more. So here it is. Here is my conversation with Susan Liao. Enjoy. Susan Liao, great to connect with you again. Hi, Brian. Yes. Uh, always great to be in conversation with you, whether it's asynchronous or live. <laughs> you know, you are not the first guest on this podcast who I have had many conversations with. And the first live one is actually on this podcast. So um, that's that's sort of like becoming a trend here, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's great to connect with you. Um, we've been in touch uh, quite a bit, you know, through... Through Clarity Flow, um, asynchronous uh, has been everything up until now, and you've been giving a lot of really great feedback on UX, you know, user experience um, in in our product. Um, but you know, really, I want to hear more about your work in in UX and working with startups, and your story as a coach and running all different types of programs. So, so we'll get into it. Um, we were just talking off air uh, a little bit about. Um, startups for all. I mean, why don't we start there and uh, and tell me a little bit about the uh, the organization? Sure. Um, and again, thank you for the invitation um, to share a little more about my story. And um, so the the TLDR is I've been in tech for over twenty years. So I'm one of those veterans that have been around when email was just a command line experience, kind of typing on a keyboard with a blinking <laughs> cursor. Uh, and I've been through, you know, the launch of, you know, the, the first browsers like, you know, uh, Netscape, <laughs> Mosaic. Um, and the good old days. Good old days. Yes. <laughs> and old fashioned cell phones with two line displays and the iPod and then the iPhone. Uh, and then, yeah, kind of I've been around when when startups kind of came to started booming out of the woodwork. And what I say uh, to everyone, uh, to a lot of what I share about my story is that chapter one was really about uh, my journey in, in just navigating the tech space as a recent graduate with a computer science degree, <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, do I really want to spend my time kind of, uh, kind of coding behind a screen? 
Um, but also learning about like being in the agency world, just what are all the possibilities in terms of things you can build with people, not just myself. And so chapter one was, I'd spend a lot of time in the digital agency world on the East Coast, the Boston, New York scene. Um, yeah, developed, for example, one of the very first iPad apps for Pampers and one of those situations where we're testing the actual live experience when the iPads actually launched. So we never were able to test on a real device. So the day <laughs> that iPad, that's just free story, when it launched, I my job as the producer um, was to run to a store, bought, purchase an iPad, load up the app, oh, wow. and see if it actually worked. <laughs> we were probably working in New York around the same time. Um, I was I was working in a digital agency in New York around the time that the iPhone launched. So I guess a couple of years before yeah. the iPad, but yeah, kind of like late, maybe 2006, 2010. Yeah. 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 So like before I went out on my own, I was, I was building websites uh, at mm -hmm. an agency and I just remember like designing for mobile was not a thing. You know, we were using table yeah. layouts and like yes. all, <laughs> all this stuff. And I remember like a friend who, who worked at the agency with me, like brought in like the very first iPhone and it was like, oh my God, that changed everything. I know. And yeah, it, I mean, HTML email is still a thing, but even back then that was always yeah. like, uh, kind of designing tables and yeah, understanding <laughs> your TRs and TDs <laughs> kind of, for those who are familiar with HTML. Well, well, we've just like lost half the audience, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, where, so you were yeah. in, in tech in the early days, um, mm -hmm. where, where'd you go from there as in terms of like transitioning out onto yeah. your own? So chapter two was then my foray into the startup world as a product manager, uh, kind of starting to become, kind of learn what it was it to be, you know, that central role where I worked with a lot of different functions, the developers, the designers, um, leadership to really uh, steward, kind of trying to balance business needs with user needs, uh, getting to know customers. And I worked in a lot of different environments as the first product lead typically for these various startups. So they had an MVP, uh, they had an injection of typically, there's some sort of event, whether it's um, a round of funding or an opportunity for kind of rapid growth. And my role as a product lead was to help um, kind of not go from zero to one, but like, you know, maybe it's the next step from, from one to a hundred <laughs> or, or beyond. And so in that process in kind of helping to build the organization and also looking at ways to kind of further the product itself. Um, I learned a lot of uh, kind of do's and don'ts around <laughs> kind of um, how to best scale in a way that still allows um, to kind of for your team to grow as well, not just the product, and then also balancing the needs of the stakeholders and the users. And that's where I just saw a lot of friction. People might kind of be familiar with this when you grow really fast from like 30 people to over a hundred in like a couple months, right? Mm -hmm. That sort of scenario. You have a lot of um, kind of trying to figure out like, how do I put the right people in the right seats? You know, you might have your first developer who becomes your CTO, but now has to manage a team of like 20 developers. <laughs> you got to figure out, oh, I need to hire a designer. Um, and there's a lot of uh, like wrangling of uh, kind of like, how do I help kind of align purpose like and vision um, and still give space uh, for people to, um, I guess, develop their own skill sets, but still drive the roadmap forward. And so that was the 
a kind of, I guess, catalyst for Startups for All, um, just kind of the end of the day starts for all. We're an online incubator um, for purpose-driven founders who want to bring their North Star to life. Mm. And so most folks are at the idea stage and we help them clarify their kind of what they care about, their product strategy, so to speak, and operate their first pilot and do it in a way that hopefully skips a lot of the road bunks, bunks that you typically see further on <laughs> in your in your startup kind of development. And if you can address some of those road bumps up front, then the hypothesis behind Startups for All is that you have a better chance of success. I mean, I definitely relate to this. Um, it, I mean, I can't even imagine <laughs> what it must be like for a for one of these like high growth startups to, yeah. I mean, I, I have a small team and I, I find mm -hmm. it challenging enough just to get, make sure that we're all on the same page in terms right. of the, the vision and the priorities of the roadmap and things like that. Um, but yeah, to go from my team is, is around, I don't know, six or seven people right now. But if we, if we're growing 10 to 20 to a hundred people in a, in a couple of months, it's, I, I don't see how that, how that works, but, but companies like somehow figure it out. Right. Yeah, they figure um, out, I mean, and it's tough as a leader because as you know, and I know as well, you have to wear a lot of different hats because you're, you know, at one point, usually early on, you're the co-founder hat, you're the product lead hat, you're doing, <laughs> making technical decisions as well, you're managing the investors, you're doing outreach, marketing, all these things. And then all of a sudden, okay, it's like, oh, I'm building a team. So how do I still drive the strategic kind of guidance roadmap, but still like operationally onboard all these different people, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I, I do want to get into the, like what it what it means yeah. to, to figure that out. But before we get into mm -hmm. that, I mean, how, how, how are things actually like structured? What, what do engagements look like for people who join uh, Startups for All? Mm -hmm. um, what are the, you know, the programs there? Yeah. So our own North Stars are um, founded on kind of being community first and um, being heard and seen, like creating safe spaces to just talk out loud about what's going on in your mind and make mistakes. You know, it's it's less of fail fast, kind of shit fast and more of like never a failure, always a lesson. Um, and then also prioritizing purpose. And because it's really at the end of the day as a founder, we're trying, we're focusing on the journey, not the destination. So how do you navigate all the different decisions that you have to make? It, like how much should I spend <laughs> uh, on development? Or is it even the right time to, you know, spend money on development? Or, to, uh, you know, do I need to become an LLC, you know, incorporate now versus can I remain an LLC? So all these questions, um, we uh, prioritize kind of being clear about your North Stars, kind of developing your compass, so mm -hmm. to speak. Um, and hopefully, again, at the end of the day, that you're optimizing your your time and resources and labor. So um, when I th when I hear about mm -hmm. accelerators, I, I feel like there are so many different models for yeah. this in the mm -hmm. startup ecosystem. Um, is this is this like, is there like a funding yeah. element to this, or is it like uh, more of a membership? No, this is um, you know it's a tuition based, so it's almost like a academy or an institution. Okay, and. Uh, how we're different from other accelerators or programs um, is tip a typical accelerator. Anyone listening to this, you know, typically you have courses or um, it's like a cohort of a couple weeks. You have homework assignments. It's a group. Usually there's some mix of self-paced learning, um, like watching videos, doing readings, and then you have a group discussion. Right. Mm -hmm. And then often there's like one-on-one -on -one introductions with mentors. Um, right. We, we do, 
much of that, we just do it in a slightly different way. And that's where kind of the coaching and facilitation comes into play of, and why tools like Clarity Flow are so important. Um, we're virtual. We have people that come from a lot of different backgrounds, different time zones. And so it's hard to, as many people might know, trying to schedule, a, find a time, regular time for everybody to come together. And then if you have a cohort of even more than, you know, some cohorts I've been in are, you know, 20 to, to 40, 50 people. Ours are kind of average between, yeah, usually like 12 to 15. But even at that size, if you have an hour and a half, two hour session, how do you divvy up the time so that everybody has opportunity to speak, to reflect? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I so, find that even yeah. even in small mastermind <laughs> groups with like four people, it's like mm -hmm. we can't all speak, right. you know, today. And it's hard to navigate those nuances of airtime, like sharing airtime, even mm -hmm. in a small group, right? I mean, even the conversation that we have here, I could go on and on <laughs> if I sure. don't stop to pause. We could talk about the early days of the iPad for, for the rest of the right, exactly. <laughs> Uh So... That's where we um, apply, use special facilitation techniques, um, kind of informed from, say, practices like liberating structures. We have timed, kind of um, timed turn taking, mm -hmm. and then uh, also using asynchronous means. Like, and that's again, like we know the value of being able to, if anyone uses WhatsApp or you know you're using iMessage when you're talking with friends, the value of asynchronous, like talking over video or audio, is that you never get cut off. I mean, the other person could stop anytime. The, the listener has autonomy to decide, oh, you know what? I'm going to speed this up because I'm, you know, yeah. I, I just I, want I use to the 2x speed that. all the right. time. When exactly. I, right. You know, the, and this is definitely a running theme on this, on this show and these conversations. Mm -hmm. Obviously, async is, is, a, is a running thing here. Um, and I, I, I really believe that it's not, I just see it every day where it's not even just the convenience factor where like, yes, we can wrangle different people in different time zones. That's, yeah. that's great. And, and it make it does make it more inclusive because like somebody in Europe or like Australia, like that would be a deal breaker for them to even mm -hmm. join this group if we were meeting right. during business hours in the U S right. Um, so there's, there's that and it makes it easier, but it, but it adds space to be able to think about what you want to contribute or answer someone's question rather than just be, being put on the spot and hearing something and having to right. respond right now and have, have the first answer ready to go. Like if we mm -hmm. have time to think it over or do some research or jot down some notes or like record a take and then re-record, like it just, it just makes a more productive conversation overall, I find. Yeah, I, when we talk about accessibility or inclusion, it's also thinking about, well, if I'm asking founders or participants to reflect because actually much of our work as entrepreneurs is trying to be, you know, be, become aware, like language out loud. is what I say, like to develop our own vocabulary for what we care about. We need to talk things out, right? We need sounding boards, um, circles and in a t kind of two hour workshop, even, or even an hour and a half for many people, it's hard to think on the spot, like brainstorm, you know, on the spot. How many of us have been in those design thinking sessions, right? Where it's like, okay, we're going to turn on the timer. Everyone take a couple minutes and just like brain dump as many things as you can on these stickies. Right. And you and I, or maybe some folks where we're used to this because we've done it so many times, it's not as a, much of a big deal, but for some where it's just their way of life of, you know, of conversing is to take time to reflect or for other reasons, 
and you know, there's myriad other reasons where they just want that kind of solo time. Yep. Asynchronous is awesome. Um, yeah, I, think, I mean, I, I often look back yeah. on conversations that I was in earlier today or yesterday and be like, oh, I should have said this, or I should, mm -hmm. if, if only I had the idea in the moment, you know? Yeah. Um, I was talking to Rob Hatch, a, a coach on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, he had the other great point where if we're coaching, um, you know, really busy startup founders or, you know, executives and companies, maybe the content or maybe even just just attending a coaching call or a group session mm -hmm. is not the most important thing that they need to be doing on in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon, right? It like right. They, they have a lot more work. So it's like the the content that 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 they're being coached on um, shouldn't actually live in the same space, like time space as like the actual work that you're talking about, you know, um, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, there's a balance. I think there's, you know, I see a lot of like people kind mm -hmm. of matching the two having some live interaction and, and async, but um, yeah, there's, it isn't a one shoe fits all. I mean, because I work, I work with, so most of the founders we work with are what we say from underrepresented founders, they identify, personally identify as folks from intersectional identities, like being queer, trans, people of color, or um, women of color. And we don't exclude anyone. We just say we're here because it's not, we understand, yeah, it's not one shoe fits all. So the content, yes, has to be accessible in different ways. But we know that progress happens, again, when we start to action, right, turning intention to action by talking with other people. So that's really our focus is how do we help facilitate conversations and give people time to be practice being both the speaker or I say it, the client and also the consultant, right? Like mm -hmm. being able to listen and as founders, as entrepreneurs, our value actually is uh, as we like network and meet other folks, trying to understand like what is the value that they could bring to the table. And much of that comes from just listening. Hey, just a quick break to tell you about Clarity Flow. It's the software tool loved by coaches and their clients for communicating asynchronously in threaded conversations using video, audio, or text. My team and I designed Clarity Flow for the modern day coach. It lets you give clients a single place to engage with you and all that you offer through your coaching business. Run coaching groups, cohorts, and communities using our Spaces feature create interactive courses using our programs feature, build your coaching library with templates and reusable content, and sell access to your coaching programs with subscriptions or one-time payments. Customize colors and connect to your domain to give clients a fully branded experience. You can use Clarity Flow on the web or our mobile apps for iPhone, iPad, or Android, and connect any other apps using our Zapier integration. Start with a free trial or request a personalized demo and consultation by going to clarityflow.com. Right. You know, I, I want to get into this, um, like mm -hmm. how you are bringing together and uh, these these different communities. Um, I, I mean, you know, in, in the tech world, it's it, it's just notorious for for being, I mean, like just you see no, to pull from your own. Yeah, like your own really like, just like the overall lack of diversity overall yeah. is like maybe worse in tech than like any other industries. Right. So, um, how are you, uh, reaching out and attracting mm -hmm. folks who are interested or already 
like well on their way active in the in the tech and startup space to to come you know work with you and meet other folks who are who are doing this yeah, um, much of my outreach is actually community-based because I myself identify as um, of you know women of different identities, women of color, also queer, and I've you know I've been a pro in product in the startup world for a long time. I've been in the nonprofit world as well, so uh, I'm one of those people where I have like hundred tabs open <laughs> at one time. I also my Slack has you know I probably have another fifty uh, Slack groups that I'm part of. And so um, our outreach is not, uh, I would, you know, this might surprise people or, you know, it, it's not automated. <laughs> For many people, you, they do a lot of, um, you know, we've, we've done a few ads, but we find a lot of the traction comes from um, kind of trust-based communications mm -hmm. of just putting the word out there in these various Slack groups that focus on certain um, groups, like Tribaha focuses on kind of developing, yeah, underserved BIPOC folks in, in tech um, I have other groups that focus on female founders, other groups that are focused on like um, out in tech is one for kind of the LGBTQIA community. Um, yeah. Are, are you working primarily with founders and, and and owners or also like people looking to just work for a startup or, or, or you know, find um, employment in this space? So we're, I'm year three in Startups for All. It's primarily founders. And it's interesting because every once in a while I'll look at my LinkedIn stats, like who are the people <laughs> kind of following? And it is overwhelming me. Um, like I would say like 80% of the people that kind of kind of come across my posts are have the title of founder or co-founder. And that reflects the people we have. But we, um, but they, they may not call themselves founders. So that's kind of more mm -hmm. the interesting part is we us usually people we work with are folks who are tr trying to transition into tech or transition, kind of dip their toes into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And what they find compelling is, um, actually we do have some people have gone through traditional like accelerators like YC, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Y Combinator, um, 500 Startups, Techstars. And even still, they are um, drawn to our offering because of the focus on purpose. And also um, what I say is space, pace, and grace. We're a place incubator. So it's not about, hey, let's try to launch your pilot in six weeks. Um, let's give you space to figure out um, kind of your time, <laughs> your schedule. Who do you want to be in conversation with? Like you can, anyone can set up a Canly and talk to 100 people. But do you want to spend your time talking to 100 people mm -hmm. for insights or at, a certain stage just um have some guidance on like who are the five people that i want to invite to mm -hmm. my space yeah so i'm also kind of wondering like getting back into the structure of how the like the cohorts work and um you know uh the the benefits and the value that that members get by interacting here one, one thing that i'm you know i'm, I'm a startup founder and i'm yeah. i have you know many friends who are in different like accelerators um, mm -hmm. and I'm in ComFund, which is, I don't, I don't think they really consider themselves an accelerator, but it is a network of mentors and funding yeah. and stuff. Um, my question here is like how, you know, because startups in particular are, are, mm -hmm. are it's like a bunch of chaos all the time, yeah. right? Like there, there's so many yeah. priorities, competing priorities at any mm -hmm. given moment. So how, how does it work in a, in a typical accelerator, but in your accelerator, especially like, how do you, how do you strike the balance between like, okay, here is some course curriculum. 
here yes. are mentors available to talk about X, Y, and Z topics. Mm -hmm. um, and then here is what's going on in your startup right now. That's actually a priority. Yeah. Like how do you kind of balance and triangulate all those things? Yeah, so we actually, I've developed a, a Startups for All Blueprint. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Most accelerators may have something like this that is more than just the business model canvas. Um, we focus on, so that we have a little bit of structure. We have five core pillars. So three are what you might, you're probably very familiar with, your business, um, understanding your business, understanding your customers, or we call it your audience, and also understanding your purpose or mission. Um, uh, some folks are kind of less kind of developed on the purpose and they're more, um, so th those are three. And then the fourth pillar is capacity. So some accelerators might kind of talk about capacity. We really, I bring the product management lens to that is when we think about capacity, right? That's where like prioritizing your time and time allocation is. Yeah. Is so really when important. you say capacity, you mean like, what are we actually capable of shipping in the next six months yeah, well, like as a founder as a like early stage even before shipping just how do you want to prioritize your own time actually because mm -hmm. we have many people are still working full-time and so okay yeah it's almost like um yeah when i say time allocation it's if you're working full-time how do you not burn yourself out <laughs> and how do you uh, make sure that you're if you say have 10 hours a week to spend on this side project uh you know, that you have that hopefully becomes a startup. What should you do first? How do you want to allocate that time? Mm -hmm. um, are you going to do customer discovery? Are you going to yeah, build? Are you going to try to find co-founders, pitch to investors, right? There's all the different choices. Um, and so that's what we talk about capacity. The, the other fifth pillar that is really important actually in the founder journey, what we talk about is, is wellness. And so that's developing what are your boundaries? It's very intertwined to everything else, right? Yeah, absolutely. About um, how are you going to be able to sustain your journey so you don't burn yourself out? Because we all know that. <laughs> it's incredibly know. important, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, all this stuff is, but mm -hmm. personal health is something that I've I've been trying to focus more on in the last few years, especially this year. And it's one of those things, you know, because this is so related to burnout and overworking. Um, because I think that it's pretty common for, for a lot of startup founders to just actually like what they do. Like they, they really yep. love to work. Right. So it's hard to break yourself away. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I find is, is when, um, I let health, uh, you know, take a back seat because I'm working right. so much, I end up not working so well, like, like lacking focus and not making progress. But when I actually make time for, for health, um, and activity and proper diet and all right. that kind of stuff. It actually, it helps, it actually helps the business work better when I'm actually working fewer hours. Yeah. You know? um, and so we try to, yeah. you know, it's the old school kind of thought that, Hey, if I'm going to become a founder, that means all of a sudden I need to like, um, yeah, kind of make, just burn the midnight oil and either I'm working or I'm working on my startup, like in the basement, right. <laughs> With another developer or designer all night. And we want at startups for all want to show that, no, that is, if you're wanting to really build a sustainable business, give yourself some space mm -hmm. um, and some grace. Yeah. To make sure that you are prioritizing your own health and wellness. For sure. And, you know, I, I really like the structure of, um, you know, the framework here, it, it, like being able to mix and match different pillars based on mm -hmm. your current need. Right. Um, I think that's a, a commonality that I see from a lot of coaches who, 
who do that that matching of like courses cor- or course like programs and like libraries of content with a group and with individualized coaching because each individual is is at a different point they they might have exactly. different different needs a different focus right now so you know rather than going like here's lesson 1 lesson number 2 lesson number 3 um you know you can sort of like mix and match based on the person yeah we do have you know some um instructional workshops on you know product strategy you know jobs to be done user journey but we again do it in a way that um like understands that we're all most of us are solopreneurs and we just don't have a lot of time so it's like we allow people to be scrappy but we give them a little bit guidance of a guidance so they're not mm-hmm. floundering on their yeah. own right we're not just like throwing them in the pool yeah with, yeah. with a yeah, with a buoy and like, okay, figure it out. <laughs> so um, I did want to touch a little bit on your other work, like outside mm-hmm. of uh, Startups for All. Um, I know that you you do a lot with uh, UX, user experience mm-hmm. work. Um, yeah. Yeah, tell me a bit about that. So my my formal training or an experience is product management, product strategy, but I've always had a soft spot for UX as well, just because, you know, I used to be a developer in old school, like back then, you know, information architecture <laughs> for websites <laughs> was all the rage. And my my brain likes to do like that, likes to work almost like an architect, right? Looking at your content, understanding needs and really getting the shoes of the user of um, at the end of the day, you know, the, the tech doesn't actually have to work, right? We all know it doesn't, <laughs> there's always bugs in what we ship. Um, but the, your most loyal fans come to you probably because they believe in your, it's more likely, I wouldn't say probably, but it's, you know, there's steady out there, but they're more likely to kind of overlook and have those issues, those tech issues because they believe in the overall vision or, and also because the experience feels, you know, people say delightful, right? It feels mm-hmm. easy to use. And, um, so, you know, being able to, for example, uh, I mean, people still use Slack, <laughs> even though they maybe hate all those notifications because it's still really easy to just like, you know, type a few notes and exchange kind of engage with other people. Yep. Um, and so with the UX, kind of, I advise a couple um, startups on both product strategy, but trying to bridge that gap where many of them don't have like a full time uh, product design team. Yep. You know, they have basic uh, brand assets. And so much of their kind of UX work is not about like visual design versus um, understanding, hey, if I'm going to have one button on the page or on the screen, what should that button do, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that often goes uh, overlooked or misunderstood really with mm-hmm. UX and kind of being lumped in with like design or styling, which are they're really, or, or even like user interface, they're, they're really not the same thing. It's, you know, UX to me is is so much more about and and you know uh, you know you, you've been um, offering some some really great insight um, on the UX in in Clarity Flow over the last several months and um, the way that I think about it is is that it is so much more connected to like jobs to be done and like does it solve the what the user is trying to do here um, in the, in the most efficient way you know. Yeah, uh, actually, I just um, we just had a workshop on jobs to be done versus and where we talked a little bit about jobs to be done versus kind of user stories. And for those who are maybe are new to this language, um, in essence, if why jobs to be done sometimes is helpful is because you might have um, different personas, so to speak, like people that come from different backgrounds using your product. 
and your um, kind of job speech allows you to normalize, I guess, in some ways, kind of the core function or kind of emotional. It can be emotional as well, kind of like need that they have uh, without um, like dumbing down, honestly, kind of your persona, right? <laughs> to, to like a name and a, and a photograph, right? right. <laughs> yeah. Persona card. Exactly. So for example, in Clarity Flow, um, what I really kind of appreciated was kind of just feedback on understanding how do you navigate conversations and threads and replies, right? Some, even language is yeah. really, um, can be challenging for, for poos that come from different backgrounds because they, have different references for like, yeah, what does it mean to reply to a conversation? If you're used to Slack, for, you know, most Slack users are very experienced with threading. Um, if you're just not a Slack person, not a tech person, but you, your coach or your audience uses WhatsApp a lot, mm-hmm. maybe you're not familiar with threading because WhatsApp is not, doesn't, isn't really about threading. You just reply, right? Yep. So it's trying to find that Just to be done tries to find what's the commonality pattern between the, these different audiences from different backgrounds. So again, like getting back to like the structure of how you, how you work and how you work with clients. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. What does that look like on the consulting end? Um, are you, do you have like formal engagements where it's like, you're like a, like a UX? Yeah. Sometimes I'm hired as a product. So it's more, less UX and more product focused. So, Uh um, I, so there's startups for all. And then, I also, um, advi- I'm a product advisor typically for startups where it's yeah hybrid kind of product and UX, but it's really driven by understanding kind of product needs and balancing the business as well. Um, and then I do have some corporate clients and that's more, um, kind of in the, it's, I'm more as a, like a product coach, product instructor within the, the organization. So that wraps up today's episode of ClarityCast. I hope you're able to get a few nuggets of clarity to help you grow your coaching business. You can watch the videos of these conversations on our YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to us there. And I'd really appreciate if you'd give the ClarityCast podcast a five-star review in iTunes. That really helps us reach more folks like you. Today's episode was brought to you by our product, ClarityFlow. Try it for free at clarityflow.com, or you can book a free demo and consultation call to see how you can grow your coaching business on ClarityFlow. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time.